You know, why did the fireworks have to end last night? Amen. I'm expecting some Holy Ghost fireworks this morning. Whatever that looks like. Hallelujah. We're going to have some breakthrough this morning. We're going to shake the gates of hell. We're going to go into the Holy of Holies. And give honor and praise to our Savior. Yes, Lord. Let's, let's do some rattling this morning, huh? Amen. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Saturday was silent. Surely it was true. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Yes, Friday's disappointment, and Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Yes, hallelujah. This is the praise making dead man walk Open the grave, I'm coming out, I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling, yeah. Pentecostal fire, stirring something new.
But Sister Vanetta Carter in Knoxville, Tennessee, shared this word with us. She said, my people are powerless. They continue to move in their own strength. They continue to exclude me. They continue to rely on themselves. They continue to maintain things for themselves. They have to come to the end of themselves. There is no room at the top for both of us. They continue to reach for straws. They continue to create solutions to problems only I can solve. Without me, there will be no peace. Without me, there will be no resolution. Without me, there will be continued strife, confusion, chaos, murder in heart and mind. Man will continue to do what is right in his own eyes. The time has come to get your house in order. Get your mind in order. Get your heart right. You will begin to see the results of what you have not been doing. Stop procrastinating. Stop performing. Start praying. Start fasting. Start trusting. Start obeying. Start striving. Start preparing. Start really living for me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then she added John 3:19. This then is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Amen. And I hope you you feel the spirit of love behind that. Our Father loves us so dearly, and He wants the best for us. He wants to give us His best. Amen. I know it challenged me to look, man, what, what more, I know there's more that I can be in Him, amen? Again, the altar's open for worship, for prayer, for getting closer to the Spirit.
telling you it's a dangerous song. <laughs> Refine us, Lord. Hallelujah.
happens <laughs> the atmosphere begins to change amen i believe it hallelujah the spirit of the lord is here that mountain moving spirit that ocean dividing spirit preparing a way for us to walk out in freedom
It's a flood. It's a flood. He's flooding our hearts and our souls with His love. Just walk in His love. Walk in this, this flood that's going to move obstacles out of the way. <laughs> Spirit of God, fall fresh on yes. We need it's your okay to need It's okay to need more. Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done, here as in heaven. that you tangibly come God you tangibly come God 
to be with us. Thank you, Lord, that we, as individuals and as your body, we are the dwelling place of God. Lord, you come today not just to visit, but to dwell. And Lord, where you dwell, that's the evidence that miracles are around, is your dwelling, your presence, God. Forgive us, Lord, for looking for the supernatural to declare that miracles are happening, God. Instead, help us to see that it is your presence, God, that changes the atmosphere and sets the place ready, God, for miracles. And in this place, God, we are a people standing in need of your supernatural. So, God, in your presence, God, thank you that we can rest in your goodness and in who you are. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. It's so good to see you this morning. Uh, as you're getting settled, we dismissed the kids. I want to thank you for being here. I know it's 4th July weekend, and it's a holiday weekend. And, you know, there's a lot of our campers and people who are, are taking advantage of uh, our online service, not only because of uh, still some of the COVID stuff, but uh, even just being away, and it's a vacationing time or whatever. And so we're uh, super excited that, um, and we just heard some stories this morning in our elders huddle um, of someone that just came up to Doug and Nancy and just said, we they don't even come to our church, just said, we so appreciate your church service. And so uh, Doug said, well, I, I don't see you there. And they're like, oh, we've been watching online for some time now. So again, I, I think you need to, let's not ever underestimate the power of what uh, uh, the media team and all those, those, those men and women do to make all of that happen each week. So let's, let's just give them a hand. Amen. Thank you for that. And never has it been more needed than in this day and age. Amen. Uh, and, and I just heard yesterday that uh, there are some churches in our area who are still, based on their own decision and, and those things, that maybe even considering waiting till next spring to open up. And so um, we, we just need to continue to pray for all the churches in our area um, and that God will give their leadership wisdom. Uh, I, I don't want to judge any church because, listen, uh, your church leaders, whether you go to this church or a different church, have never had to lead the body of Christ through a global pandemic. And so what we need to do is pray for church leaders, amen, and not second guess what they feel like they've heard from the Lord. In the meantime, though, our church is going to continue to walk uh, the way the Lord leads us, and uh, so we're excited to be able to offer ministry in all kinds of ways, and it's an exciting thing. Speaking of offering ministry, uh, you know, we have a great women's retreat every year come on amen it is, it is an incredible thing and it was birthed out of a bunch of our ladies going to uh, Ohio a long ways away to a different ladies retreat and they're like why don't we do our own and so years ago they started doing that and it just grown into an incredible weekend where um, you know just hundreds of ladies go and and have a great encounter we have a great men's weekend away amen every year in March and uh, it's, a, it's a great, powerful time. And there's four, five, six, I think this year there were seven or eight churches represented at our men's retreat. Um, and, 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 you know, a hundred and more dudes just worshiping God. It's, it's an epic weekend. Uh, it, and it's a time. And I want you to know as a church, too, we also have an incredible youth weekend. 
Come on, yep. And we, we take our youth away for the weekend as leaders, and, and we take them not away on some kind of retreat. We take them away to have an encounter with God. And uh, uh, several of the young people that you see leading us every week, the, some of these right over here, uh, are fruit of what happens in that weekend away. And uh, this year, we're doing a new thing. We're taking both the middle school and the high school together to the same place. Our worship and our, uh, our ministry time is going to be the, the same. And then we'll break out and, and the middle school will do their own breakout sessions. And the high school will do their breakout sessions. And, but we're going to do them all together in those type of ways. I'm encouraging you as parents. This is an incredible weekend for your kids. Hello, somebody. This is not like, okay, you're going to Cedar Point. Even though they're going to have fun. I, you, need to be, you need to make all diligence to make sure that your, your kids go to this weekend. And uh, it's, it's an incredible encounter with God. And, and if you are wanting to see change in your children, what better way to find the catalyst for change than to have an encounter with God? Amen? And so... Uh, you need to see uh, Tim and Lynette, Joe and Tanya, all the others that help in the, in the youth thing as they've been working so hard to put this together if your kids aren't signed up. we got a good crowd. Tim and Lynette are off this, this Sunday. There's a good crowd going there, right? Yeah, so um, uh, please make everything happen to get your kids there. Um, it's an incredible weekend, and my wife and I, we value it so much, okay, that we actually schedule that weekend to be there um, as senior pastors. We, we value that encounter with those kids so much. So come, amen. Uh, I, I just let your kids come and, and, and encourage your kids to come. And even if they don't want to come, why, why do they have a choice? I, I don't know who the parent is here, but I'm just saying. Hello, somebody. Um, anyway, I, I remember Sinbad, the comedian, said, you know, like, your kids didn't pay for nothing in your house. <laughs> Take back your house. I mean, it's hilarious. Um, but that's a good thing. So it's a great weekend, and so much fruit from God is in that. So I just want to encourage you in that. Amen? All right, good. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 16. And, and I have, I have a, I'm going to meddle with you today. Everybody, everybody say, Pastor Don's going to get personal. I, I'm a, I don't usually get personal. I don't usually meddle in your life. Today I'm on metal. Because we've been, God has been speaking to us through COVID about revival. He's been speaking to us about how he wants uh, to invade planet Earth and how everything is happening in such a way that God is positioning us to have a fresh new encounter in every major uh, 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 relevant prophet in, the, in this last day has been speaking about this, this third outpouring of the Spirit of God that's been prophesied, prophesied for years. That it's upon us and it's coming. And how we posture our hearts is important. And, and I'm not letting go of it because I want to be a part of that. I, I'm tired of reading stories about Azusa Street. I'm tired of reading stories about somebody else's revival. In some other age, time, or period. I want to be the people of God now that experience and usher in revival. 
And I want my heart to be postured properly when I talk about it because, see, you got to understand, revival isn't as much for the lost people of the world as it is for God's people of the world to be empowered and encouraged and energized to then infect, infect the lost people of the world. The first place that's got to experience revival is the church, the body of Christ. And so, I want, I want to talk this morning to you. Uh, I've titled this sermon, Following God Through Transition. None of, none of y'all been going through transition lately. So I realize this sermon is probably not for anybody in this room. John chapter 16. Y'all not ready for this. Jesus said, verse 1, I have said all these things to you. To keep you from falling away. They'll put you out of the synagogues. That hasn't happened lately. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he's offering a service to God. And they'll do these things because they've not known the Father nor me. But I've said these things to you. That when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now, everybody say, but now. now. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you asked me where I'm going. Now, Jesus has been telling them that I'm going to the Father. I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm going away. I'm going away. Not one of them has asked him, hey, Jesus, where are you going? Not one of them has said, Jesus, I want to go where you're going, so where are we going? Not one of them has said, Jesus, I'm following you, so wherever you go, I go. So, Jesus, you've been talking about you going away. If I'm following you, I'm going to go with you. So where are we going? Where are you going? None of them. Jesus said, none of you asked me that question. But because I've said these things to you, sorrows filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. They're sad. They're sad. Wait a minute, Jesus. Wait a minute, Jesus. What do you mean I'm not going to see you anymore? Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Let's pray. Father, bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our ear and the receiving of our heart in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to get personal with you, so in order to get personal with you, i got to share something personal. Somebody say amen. Because, see... We walked together with the Lord. 17 years ago, this past week, June 30th, my wife and I arrived in Michigan. Now, many of you have heard this story. But we left Florida, the only place I'd ever lived, uh, a 20-year career. Um, we, uh, we were pastoring a church. 
I was bivocational at that time, and, and, and we, we left Florida to come to Michigan because God had spoken to us. God had spoken to us two years prior that he wanted us to go to Michigan, but I was being stubborn. I said no. I, I'm a southern boy. We're still fighting this war. Hello, somebody. And it ain't over yet. Come on, church. I, I'm, I'm a redneck. I don't belong in the north. Bunch of Yankees. No, I'm not going. Why would I leave the white sandy beach of Panama City, Florida? To the white snow of Michigan. Why would I go live somewhere where my face hurts when I go outside in the winter? I walked outside this morning and it was 85 degrees with 85% humidity. I started sweating the instant I walked out the door and I said, yes, thank you, Jesus. And all I hear, the two months out of the year that we get a little bit of warm weather, I freeze for nine months out here. Y'all complain about the heat. Yet whenever you want to go somewhere to have a little fun, where you go? To my place. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. In that transition 17 years ago when we left Florida, we had all we owned in a U-Haul. And we had enough money to live for one month. I had no job. And the only person I knew in the world that lived up here was Glenn Middleton. I see some of y'all should be praying right now. now. Glenn's a great man and I love Glenn for all of his input in my life. And I'll, I'll always be thankful for what Glenn sowed into my life. It was Glenn who actually encouraged me to write and, and put the discipleship pro, pro, program into place and begin to really push. It was Glenn who pushed me into that. Amen? And uh, I, I appreciate that. But he, he was the only person we knew. And TC and my wife and myself and a talking bird in the front of a U-Haul Brokenhearted, left Florida. I, I, can't, I was obeying God, but I was brokenhearted about it. I did not want to do it. I was leaving everything in, that I'd worked for, everything behind. I was, I was leaving all those things because God had spoken to our heart. And, and I was brokenhearted. And, and, and this bird that my wife had, who, who is demon-possessed, talking the whole way. My wife had, had taught him that if he wanted the blanket off of his cage uh, to say, he'd hear you and he would say, what you doing? And so we had this bird in the front of this, because we didn't want him to die in the heat. 
in the back. So he's in the front with us and, and he's caged and we're driving and about to Tennessee. We're going through the, the hills of Tennessee and, and, and the U-Haul truck don't go that very fast in those hills and, and, and we're riding through there and, and, and I'm broken hearted and, and, and you can just, it's quiet. There's no talking. My, my wife is like, what, are we, what have we done? And my son is just oblivious to anything and everything and, and, and I, I just can't even imagine that we just did what we did and we're in Tennessee now. Now, there's no going back. I quit my job. I, I, we sold everything we had. We had enough money to live for one month. There's no turning around. And this bird, this bird for three hours, all he did, we tried to keep him covered so he would not freak out. All he did was say, what you doing? 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 And I was screaming at him, shut up. Right? And, and he would just keep going. He wanted that blanket off of him. This thing is so demon-possessed. And about Nashville, I can remember just screaming with tears in my eyes. This bird, what you doing? And I remember saying, I have no idea. I have no idea. We pulled into Sturgis, Michigan about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Stout in the States. And Glenn and some guys from CFC met us there to help us unload the U-Haul and Johnny Carlos was there and, and a couple other guys. And um, I remember, you know, thinking, okay, we're here. We'll just make the best of this. And my wife instantly burst into tears. My wife doesn't cry, y'all. She's tough. She's crying. What have we done? It was a horrible time. Every June 30th, I remember that day, 17 years ago. We were following God on the biggest transition of our lives. We, we had a word from the Lord, and we knew we had a word from the Lord. Yet, this is how tough it was. My best friend, Amanda, that I had walked with for 15 years with the Lord, and, and we worked in ministry together and all those things. He was so brokenhearted that we, when we, we left Florida that he literally looked at me and said, If you leave Florida, God's going to kill you. He said that to me. He was hurt. He was brokenhearted. And I remember looking him in the eye and saying, Brother, I know you don't mean that. And I'm sorry that I've broken your heart. But God has spoken. There was so much uncertainty. I remember Hannah, she was just a little girl. And Johnny Carlos playing the drums. He was running around CFC in a diaper when he would keep it on. True stories. I remember Deanna hollering at John. <laughs> Go get that boy. He is taking off his diaper again. And he's naked in the church. <laughs> Hannah, who would imagine all these years? And I met some great people right away. Burgers. They just begin to love on us. Uh, Rob and Mary Brumbaugh, uh, we met them actually on July 4th at uh, 
Dave and Rose Parshall's house, and, and uh, uh, Mary was pregnant, and July 4th, we just started meeting a few people because we didn't know anybody, and, and that night, uh, Mary Brumbaugh, her water broke, she went into labor, they had to haul her to the hospital, and she had her son, uh, so on July 5th, he turns 17 every year. Uh, we need to be praying for them because last night they, they managed, they took him to the hospital in Brunson. He's very, very sick, and uh, they discovered last night that he is uh, type 1 diabetic, same scenario as TC. Uh, so they're there now, and, and things are getting better. That's a great hospital. They saved TC's life all those years. So familiar. That little boy was born 17 years ago. Has following God, at least in your life, ever come with a, any degree of uncertainty? I said I'm a medal. Anybody who would look at me and tell me, Pastor Don, all my years of following God, I've never been uncertain about a thing. I, I'm not sure I trust that person. Because no, they're lying to me or else they ain't following God. Because God doesn't always give us all the details. God doesn't give us all the details. 17 years ago, God didn't give me the details of today. Come on, church. God didn't give me the details. That within just a few short weeks, I would meet Doug and Nancy. Within a few short weeks, I would meet uh, Mike and Donna, and I would meet Eddie and Ann, and, and Ron and Betty, and, and I, I would meet, you know, Brenda. Just, I remember Brenda, she had this afro. It was incredible. incredible. <laughs> this little bitty girl, and she would sit on the front row while they were doing worship. And Brenda was this little kid who had all these questions. Always would look at you like... You're supposed to have the answer. Why is this a difficult question for you? I, he's this guy looking, looking up. Now, I'm the one looking up to him. I don't, you know, like. Oh, oh, I, it was so much uncertainty. I didn't know all those things. But let me tell you something this morning. I want you to understand. In the mid, If we are a people who can talk about transition, now is the time we can talk about it, right? Because I, this year has been that year, amen? It, it, has been, it has been like nothing we ever planned, nothing we could have projected, nothing we could have said. I remember my first Sunday at CFC, right? Uh, uh, there, just wondering, what have we done? And why did we do this? And Sean Brown's on stage, man, doing his thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I can might deal with this a little bit. Change seems to always bring anxiety. Somebody say amen. amen. Even if you don't like it, say Amen. Change seems to always bring anxiety, amen? And in verse 6 right here, Jesus is talking about change. He says, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Change is coming, gentlemen, and now you feel anxious. Change is coming, gentlemen, and now you're worried. Every time something changes from our norm, it brings anxiety because it challenges our comfort zone. Do you remember last week's sermon? Abram, I need you to move. If you didn't watch last week's sermon, you're going to need to watch it to piece all this together. Because I'm really not one of these one-off preachers. 
I believe God speaks in direction. Put all this in context and we realize following Jesus has always been controversial. You find, even those closest to you sometimes don't understand. You leave Florida, God's going to kill you. It's always controversial. It's always inside of there. And, 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 the, and listen, I want you to understand. There are two people in my life, two people in my life in Florida, right, that I had known for so long. There were only two people in my life who confirmed what God had said. One of them was a Southern Baptist man who had been coming to church with us in a Pentecostal church for about five years. The gifts of the Spirit would start to move. And Mr. Chuck Smith, he was an older man. He was an old Marine guy. And he was as Southern Baptist as they get. But he loved, he, I was so honored, he loved my preaching. And so he moved his family into our church. And people would always say, Pastor Don, how does Chuck Smith go to your church? And they would ask Chuck Smith, how do you go to Pastor Don's church? And we both just said, look, man, we love Jesus more than we love the things we see a little differently. And I remember going to his house and sitting down and saying, Mr. Chuck, God has spoken, and I have to leave. And he said, oh, God told me that months ago. You better be obedient, boy. This is God's Marine. He said, if there's one thing I've been taught in my life, all my life, walking as a Marine and as someone who loves Jesus, when the man in charge speaks, you better snap to it. The second man was a man who was not even saved, who really didn't want to have much talk about church or about God or about anything. But I remember driving up to his house. Just, I was more terrified to tell him than I was to tell anybody else in the world that I was leaving. And that was my father. He didn't know Jesus. He really didn't want anything to do with Jesus at that time. But he looked me in the eye and he said, if God has spoken to you, you should probably listen. It's controversial. Who is this man who I've been trying to tell about Jesus Looking at me saying, you better follow God. When even the believers in my life were saying, God's going to kill you. See, the disciples had to leave the tradition, the traditional, in order to follow Jesus. They, 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 they were motivated by following Jesus because they thought he was going to bring the kingdom of God into place. They, they could see the kingdom, but they couldn't see the cross. They could see the kingdom, but they couldn't see the cross. Hello, somebody. They, they, see, we often get a word from God, and we can see the crown, but we, we don't see the cross. We, we follow Christ with anticipation of reward, and when suffering comes, you know what we want to do? We want to check out from following God. We want to check out from following God when it requires you get getting a U-Haul and only one month worth of... We want to... We Check out from following God, right? When, when transition, ha- it comes. Listen, but I want you to understand. Transition has a way of changing our focus. 
And it's a tool. It's a tool in our Heavenly Father's hands to change our lives, to transform our lives. He often allows us to come to the point of transition, not because He's cruel, not because He wants to punish us, but because He wants to transform us from where we were and where we are to where y'all didn't listen to the sermon last week. Because when you sit down in that chair, all three of those places, where you are, where you are, and where you go, they sit down with you. Abraham, I need you to move. The disciples didn't fully understand the ramification, what it meant to follow Jesus. See, the real test of faith is can you follow him when there's a fog? I need everybody to pay attention. If your faith is built on your circumstances, you're in a whole lot of trouble. Your faith cannot be built on your circumstances. It's like trying to build your house on sandy ground. It's like trying to build your house on rocky soil. It's not going to be very deep. It's not going to be very sound, right? Your faith, let me tell you why. Because if your faith is built on your circumstances, all the enemy has to do to destroy your faith is attack your circumstances. Oh, y'all not helping me. The enemy rarely attacks our faith. He attacks our circumstances. That's not what I planned, God. That's not how I thought it would happen, God. This is not the way I asked for you to let it go. Y'all, come on, God. Y'all not. See, the enemy isn't about attacking your faith because he knows that a lot of times, especially in the modern world, the Western world church, that a lot of our faith is built on our circumstances and a lot of preaching that we hear is built on... See, nobody wants to really talk about where the rubber meets the road, where you got to get in a U-Haul truck with a demon-possessed bird, and you got to drive 16 hours while he asks you what you're doing. Right. Yep. We don't want to talk about how to sell everything to follow Jesus. We don't want to talk about what it means to follow Jesus and cry the whole way you take every step. We don't want to talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus when your heart's broken because you just don't understand. Jesus says, I'm go- you haven't asked me where I'm going. You just sad because you said I was going somewhere. Because I told you I was leaving. You're not sad. Don't you want to go with me? Can you hear Jesus? Don't you want to go with me? Why don't you want to go with me? Don't you- You're just sad because I'm you got to build your faith on the integrity of God's Word. Let me tell you something, church. 17 years ago, all I had was a crying wife and the Word of the Lord. 17 years ago, all I had was a demon-possessed bird and a little bitty boy. Come on, church, in one month worth of cash. That's all I had, and that's all I needed was a word from the Lord. All I needed was a word from God. God used transition in my life to transform my life. God had to disrupt my norm in order to launch me into his super. God had to disrupt my natural in order to launch me into his supernatural. 
And I believe that's true of what's taking place in 2020. And it doesn't stop. <laughs> As if COVID-19 wasn't enough, then murder hornets were going to show up. <laughs> and if murder hornets weren't enough, now Kanye West is running for president. Yeah. Can, can we just skip this year altogether? I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying, we got to get this thing. Something's happening. Transition is happening. And it's bigger than COVID-19. It's bigger than murder hornets. It's bigger than a guy who can't sing a rap song running for president. It's, big, it's bigger, church. We got a better rapper in the house than Kanye West. I'm going to tell you that right now. Y'all just push play on both sides of it, and I'll pick this one every time. And he's going to do more with less money than y'all not listening to me. We got to follow God through transition. I had to leave where I was in order to get where he wanted me to go. You can't stay in her and live in memory. That's a reference to last week. If everything was clear, you wouldn't need faith. Why are the disciples sad? Because God did not do what they thought he should do the way they thought he should do it. You ever been there? I've shared this over and over and over again, and my wife will testify to it. You know, she, she don't play patty cake with anybody. I saw this place in my dreams. And I always thought that it would be in Florida. And I used to tell her what I would see. And she used to cry. <laughs> Can you follow him when it doesn't when he doesn't seem to do what you expect him to do? Can you serve God in disappointment? Can you serve God with a broken heart? Can you say like Job, though he slay me, yet will I serve him? Uh, can you follow him when your vision and his vision creates a division in your life? Can you follow him when your vision and his vision creates a division in your life. This is not the way I saw it going, Jesus. Because, uh, see, if, if things are, are an issue for you, there isn't any reason to talk about Jesus being the Lord. See, too many of us want this butler-made relationship with Jesus. We want to ring the bell. Hit. If you make Jesus out to be someone who's at your beck and call, I don't want to talk about Jesus being Lord. We need to talk about the issue why you want to be Lord. I told you I was going to meddle. Because see, this hit me. I'm wrestling through all this just like you are. 
And I got my bad days too. Things I don't understand. Why did this have to happen? What's going through all these things? I'm going to tell you about it. Someone gave me a word last week after church. I'm going to tell you about it in just a few minutes. Remember, when we started following Jesus, we were not what he intended us to be. I said, when we started following Jesus, we were not what he intended us to be. That's why he looked at the disciples and said, hey, I'm going to be the one who makes you fisher. You just thought you were something. But see, I got transition that's going to bring transformation so that you'll be... You've been fishing for a long time, but transition's coming. Now we're going to fish for something different. Amen. We're going to build the church. Hey, we're going to usher in the presence of God. We're going to change the world we're living in. You're going to stop catching fish, and you're going to start catching men, because that's what I'm going to make you to be. Hey, Peter, when you started following me, you wasn't what I'm going to send you into, but you're going to get there. See, right now, maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you're at that place. You just started following Jesus, or maybe you've been... Trying to follow Jesus for a long time, but you've just been half-heartedly monkeying around, playing these Mickey Mouse games, and you've been all this stuff. And now God's take COVID and to shock you, right? God's taken all this stuff and shut down all the plans and everything that we thought was good. God took all the prosperity we were experiencing and said, hey, I want to get your attention because I'm bringing transition. And the transition that I'm bringing is going to bring transformation. Verse 7 and 8, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. So if I don't, the helper ain't coming. But if I go, I'm going to send him to you. And when he comes, and when he comes, and when he comes, my church, here they are following Jesus, but they're troubled in their heart. I'm going to just tell you right now, it's the hardest thing in the world to do, follow Jesus. It's hard to follow God through transition. Let's just be real. I don't think God's afraid of our real. I I just don't think God's afraid of our real. But God is the God of transition. Jesus is transitioning it and it had to happen. Until now the disciples only viewed God as dwelling in temples. They'd only, viewed, they'd only viewed following God as performing some ritual traditions in a religious place. That'll seek in about 4 o'clock this afternoon. Now there's transition happening, and it's personal. The temple, the dwelling place of God, is transitioning from a building... See, transition always challenges the way you see things. God never meant for us to trust in ritual. God wants to be personal during transition. Hey, Moses, time to leave Egypt. So God got personal with Moses in a burning bush. 
He got personal with him on top of the mountain. He got personal with him. And everyone knew that God had gotten personal with Moses. Everyone knew, and they could see it because Moses' face changed because of how personal God got. Come on, somebody. And then one day, God shows up to talk to Joshua. Hey, Joshua, Moses is dead. I just, I just saw him. He wasn't even sick. Rona hadn't even been invented yet. What do you mean? He didn't even have a cough. What do you mean he's dead? God said, never mind. Transition has come. And transformation is about, about to happen. And you in charge. I got to get personal with you, Joshua, because I got, I, got, I got something for you to do, right? I got land for you to occupy. I'm taking you from where you were and where you are to where I need you to be. See, listen to me, church. Transition isn't just about one place versus another. Transition is always about a deeper relationship of God than you had before. Transition makes us insecure because of the unknown. So God makes himself known to deal with our insecure. That's good preaching. That is good preaching. And in this room, there are hearts and lives full of insecurity. For whatever reason, everybody's got their own reason. Everybody's got their own transitioning moment. Everybody's got their own U-Haul they're climbing in this morning. Yep. This whole year is the year of U-Haul. And God's saying, I want to deal with your insecurities. I want to deal with the unknown, not by letting you know what's coming next, but by letting you know who's in charge of what's coming next. And if we don't know God, we will always be derailed by transition. Let me tell you why God does it this way. Because I know you want to know. Anytime you're going through transition, the only thing you have to draw from is past reference. You see your present as being informed by your past. You see what's happening right now by all the information you have from what has happened. Because all I know is all I know. Let me talk to you about transition. Elijah's my man. Hello, somebody. You, you didn't want to make Elijah mad. He just called out. Hello, somebody. He tried to take a nap. They show up in his front yard to talk to him. He to wake him up. He just... You show up in his yard to talk to him, and you see a bunch of fried bodies out there. You're like, maybe I don't need to have a conversation with him. Elijah knew God in power. Come on. 
Elijah knew the power of God. He knew that God could, could stop rivers. He knew that God could split seas and split rivers. He knew that God could shake the earth. He knew that God could do all these things. And so God said, hey, Elijah, I got transition for you. I got transformation for you. And so I've got to reveal myself to you in a different way. And so God takes Elijah up, shows him an earthquake. And Elijah says, yep, that's God. I've seen him before. I know who he is. And he wasn't there. And then this big old world went, that's God. I've seen that before. There he is right there. I know God. No. And there's the lightning. Oh, yeah. They woke me up from a nap. I remember that one. God wasn't in it. Watch this. Elijah, I'm going to reveal myself to you like I've never done before. In a small, still voice. That's intimate. That's deep. Come on, church. And Elijah got a new revelation of God. Because God got personal. He got relational. All the disciples, all they knew was an orthodox way of viewing God. And so now Jesus is telling them transition is coming. And you can't follow God the way you used to. And I'm here to tell you this morning as your pastor with every bit of the love that's in my heart. Transition is coming to your life. And you can't follow God the way you used to. And if you don't recognize that this year, you ain't never going to recognize it. You can't worship like you used to worship. You can't do church like you used to worship. Hello, somebody. I'm just telling you right now. Hello, somebody. People used to tell me, Pastor Don, we'll do whatever it takes to get back in the church building. We're going to wear a hazmat suit. We just want to get back in the church building. Get back in the church building. It took three weeks and them opening up the campground. I got to move on here. I'm sorry. Now we all got something else to do. When you couldn't do nothing else, you thought church was your only option. I might need to work on my resume. <laughs> you see, I'm serious about this thing, walking with Jesus. I've been serious about it ever since the day I gave my heart and life to the Lord. In 1992, I'm serious about it why? because I had a transformation. I met someone who changed my life. I, I'm serious about that. There's no Mickey Mouse games, right? This in patty cake time. I'm walking with Jesus, and it's difficult to walk with Jesus. And I'm just like you. There are days when I want to quit. There are days when I want to quit. There are days when I go home and I just cry. And your leader's no different. We've all left those meetings and gone home to our wives and just cried. There, there are days, I'm telling you, right, when it is difficult, transitions come into your life. Y'all need to be ready. Transitions come into this church and transitions come into this world. We can't follow God the way we used to. We can't follow God in doubt. We can't follow God in unbelief. We can't follow God in complaining. We can't follow God in half-hearted. We never going to wind up in Mamre if we follow in God that way. There's an oak tree, a valley full of oak trees waiting for us and our seed. Amen. God wants to do something with us. And we got to follow God through that transition. Abram, I need you to move. Yeah. Firm, I need you to move. Yeah. 
And there are days and weeks that I get up here and I preach in faith. I'm not being hypocritical. I'm preaching in faith. There are, there are weeks I get up here and put on a smile. And faith. I'm not being hypocritical. Because God put something in my heart and, 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 and the devil's raging against it and, and it's difficult and I see my team suffering and I see, I see us wrestling. I see the devil beating us up all the time. Every time we try to put our foot in Jesus' footprint, I see resistance and I feel bad for my team. And there are days when I ask my wife, is it fair what I'm doing to our leadership team? Is it fair what I'm asking them to do? Just because God put something in my heart. Is it fair? Last week was one of those weeks. And after the service, Karen Hall came up to me and she gave me a word. And she looked at me and I had just told my wife. I just told my wife in the middle of the week. I said, what God has asked me to do is too hard and I don't want to do it and I just want to quit. And Karen comes up to me after the service last week. And I want you all to know that's the first time in months I've had fun preaching. She came up to me and she said, you told God this week it was too hard what he asked you to do. And I was like, who is this little lady? How did she know that? And she said, God told me you said that. And God gave me a scripture to give to you. <laughs> And it's Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 11. And she said, you better listen, boy. This is what the Word of God says. And you've always followed the Word of God. And just because this week you told God it was too hard, God's got something to say to you. Verse 11, for this commandment I've commanded you today is not too hard. Neither is it far off. But if your heart turns away. It's following God through transition. And the process of transition. The disciples. God is educating them. Jesus is developing them. He's maturing them. Listen. In the process of mine and your transition. He's educating us. He's maturing us. Right. He's growing us up. He's developing us. Transition isn't just about moving from somewhere to a different place. It's about a new mentality. A new insight. A mindset. A new revelation. A new understanding. If you and I are going to follow God through a time of transitioning. We're going to have to have a new mentality. New mindset. New revelation, new understanding. God's not just transitioning us just because he's bored with where we are. He's transitioning us because he has more for us. And he needs to move our seed. We can't talk about transition without thinking about Exodus. Let me tell you how important this following God through transition is. When Exodus happened, an entire generation died in the wilderness in the middle of transition. 
when they left Egypt, an entire generation died in the wilderness in the middle of transition. This is what scares me about COVID. Not people dying from a virus, but falling away. Why? Why'd they die in the middle of transition? Because they came out of Egypt, but Egypt never came out of them. Transition has a way of killing off the things in your life that aren't of God. Sometimes God will delay your promise to allow transition to deal with what ain't of him. And see, some of y'all come out of who you were, but you ain't ready to come into who you're going to be. So God's got you in transition. transition. All right, come on. I'm not the only one in this room in transition. And I only preach to you what God's preaching to me. Are we trying to follow God and change without allowing our perspective of who he is to change? We got to understand that God, the God we received on the outside, He was a God who wants to live on the inside. Transition is God's way of becoming more personal and intimate. Anytime there's going to be an elevation, a change, it's generally preceded by frustration, transition. I'll put it up there because you might want to. Anytime there's going to be an elevation, change, it's generally preceded by frustration, transition. Some of y'all ain't flying because you're too comfortable in the nest. Joe Wells came up to me during worship. He didn't know I had wrote those things in my note. And he said, I just saw a picture of us, amen, planting a flag one step at a time. And I saw some people getting discouraged uh, about having to just take one step at a time. But it's very important that we continue to, to take grounds for God. And that every step we take, we plant the flag and we declare, amen, that belongs to God. I'm telling you this morning, church, the way to follow God through transition is one step at a time, planting one flag at a time, taking one piece of territory at a time, and don't look back, don't look back, don't look back. If transition is making you feel like your faith's on trial, it's not a bad thing. At least there's no demon-possessed bird in your ear. Faith correctly taught says, even if I don't get what I want, I will still follow God. Because I must be in transition to something greater. Most of our Bible heroes, they spent transition hiding in caves. What you doing here, Elijah? Hiding in this cave. 
David, what you doing in that cave? Come on. I could go. I can't read your Bible. I could go on and on. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Because in the sermon of circle writing, I'm going to bring you back to where we started. Has following God, at least in your life, ever come with any degree of uncertainty? And I want to say this to you right now with every bit that's inside of me, to this ministry as a whole, Centerville, Kalamazoo, future church plants, whatever. I've I've stopped trying to figure it out. This I do know. Transition, at least in my life, has always been God's way of proving himself to me. 17 years ago, I was wrecked. Seventeen years ago, I had worked very hard in my life on the gift of preaching. I love to preach. I'd rather preach than eat. I wanted to be able to deliver God's word in a way that people were excited to embrace it. But not with this watered down. Anyway. I I wanted to preach like my pastor preached. I I haven't got there yet. That man, he could preach a sermon. And I remember 17 years ago, I I wasn't getting to preach much. At CFC, they had a fine preacher. And I wasn't able to preach much. And then Philip Wins moved down from Canada. Philip and Lisa, they had been living in Canada. Lisa was Glenn's daughter. And they, they brought Philip on staff full time. <clears throat> Which made me think, why in the world did I move here? Uh, Philip, and, and Philip and I are great friends. Philip had never led a church before. I had been a senior pastor. Philip had not had much preaching experience, even though he was a good preacher. And they made this announcement on a Sunday morning at CFC without even talking to me. And Glenn and Philip knew that I was upset about it because I, I had obeyed God and I had paid a price that no one else had paid. I, hello, somebody. I'm just being real. And so that Sunday afternoon, Glenn and Philip showed up at our apartment in Stoughton Estates to talk. And I let Glenn have it. Big six four Glenn. Man, I let him have it. No one paid the price I paid to be in Michigan. And I told him. I said, I tell you what you do, Glenn Middleton. You line up all your little preachers, including yourself. You guys go ahead and preach. When you get done, I'll get up and preach you all under the table. Ask my wife. I was so mad. Glenn Middleton looked me right in the eye, as only Glenn can do. 
And he said, that's your problem, Don Smith. All you've ever learned to do is give people a sermon. And sermons don't change lives. Discipleship changes lives. Man, he stabbed me in the heart. But he was right. Hello, church. Transition in my life to bring transformation. And as bad as it hurt that day, I'm so thankful for it today. Transition is God's way of proving himself to you. If he's disrupting your natural, it's because he's getting ready to launch you into his supernatural. You can't follow Jesus by staying where you are. That's what the disciples had to learn. That's what you and I have to learn. Transition is about Jesus taking us from where we are to where he wants us to be. Follow him through it. stand with me no one can be more thankful than me 17 years ago because (laughs) that's what I rely on when some little old bitty prophet lady comes up and says stop giving God a hard time she ain't even here today she'll watch it's not too hard it's not too hard unless you turn away it's not too hard following Jesus. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we love you. You're so good to us. We bless you in this place today. The altar's open. If some of you want to come spend some time at the altar, it's fine. God's moving in your heart and your life about transition and you've been wrestling with it. And maybe you know you're supposed to get in that U-Haul can't drive a U-Haul to Guatemala. I'm just going to tell you. Well, I guess you can, can't you? Dang it. Father, we love you. We want to brace all you have for us. God, through it all, following you is difficult transition is difficult, but that's because you don't want us to live the same as we've been living, God. That's because you don't want us to stay where we've been. That's because, God, you have memory waiting for us. That's because, Lord Jesus Christ, you are calling us out of our natural into the supernatural, God. You are stirring us, God, to things of you. God, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for being discouraged by transition, for being disheartened by transition, God. Forgive us, Lord Jesus. And let us allow transition to focus our perspective Lord I just repent for wanting to quit in those moments 
I'm just like Peter, Lord. You know all things. It's hard. Lord, this financial problem is hard. Lord, this family issue is hard. Lord, this job issue is hard. Lord, this sickness is hard. Lord, this marriage issue is hard. Lord, this, this, this issue with my children is hard. Lord Jesus, we want to follow you. We want to receive all that you have for us, God, because you said you were going to send the helper. And so right now in the name of Jesus, we just pray for the Holy Spirit. We just pray for the Holy Spirit to come, God. We just pray for the comforter to come right now. Lord, would you comfort those who are in that financial stress? Would you comfort those who are in that family issue, God? Would you come, the Holy Spirit, and, and comfort those who are in that marriage issue, God? Would you comfort those, Lord, who are struggling with, the, with those prodigals, Lord? Would you comfort those, God, who are struggling, God, with that move, God, that you want them to make, God? Would you just comfort them Holy Spirit come right now come right now you said he, you said he would you would send him Lord and so just send him right now in the name of Jesus send him right now in the name of Jesus send him right now in the name of Jesus hallelujah come on I want to pray this prayer over you right now
transition see we're all there we're all moving with God my two friends gave their heart and life to the Lord this morning Chris and Julia come on we love you guys you are not alone we're always here with you amen it's so good that's transition amen let me end this by saying that my friend who told me that God was going to kill me if I left Florida six months later he called me it was after we had been introduced to Firm Foundation Ministries and he called me up and he said, I want you to forgive me. I didn't know then what I know now. And I was hurt. And I love you. 
And I pray God use you for his glory and his honor. Don't be mad at my friend. He's a good man of the Lord. Amen. He's a good man. Glenn Middleton is a great man. He has pushed me to a place no one else could. Amen. And uh, that wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for Glenn. Hello, somebody. (laughs) And it wasn't easy for me. But I'm grateful for him. And I appreciate who he is in the Lord. And so we've all got those people, don't we, in our life that God uses. And I want you to know you have yours too, right? So today in this place, Lord, we embrace transition. 2020 has brought revelation. The greatest revelation that it's brought is a a deeper revelation of you. God, I thank you that in our moments of uncertainty, you always make yourself known. I thank you that in moments of the unknown, God, you make yourself known in ways we could not have otherwise known you. And so all the days of our life, we will follow you through transition. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Turn around and tell someone you love them.